Melbourne's water authority, they test the effluent and they can they could tell that you know that um, ice and methamphetamine levels were up. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then I wondered, well, I wonder if you could you know change the the parameters and sort of find out. You know, lager or milkshake IPA? What, what really? <laughs> what, what really is more popular? Radio Bruges News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of Brews News Week, which is this. And I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me is Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Good morning, Pete. It just feels like we don't talk anymore. No. How's your isolation vacation going? <laughs> Matt, I, I, I don't Mate, think we're almost, almost two weeks down now, so you know we, we're either getting good at this thing or um, it's completely messing with us. Uh, well, it's, it's a pretty crazy time anyway, just with the, you know, trying to keep across everything that's going on um, with the industry. And like, we're not taking on the task that, for example, Crafty Pint has taken on with trying to collate every deal and things. We're just trying to cover the macro um, stuff and that, that's keeping me you know, full-time busy. And then you and I just have decided that, hey, wouldn't it be a good idea to start you know, a new Give daily podcast? Of regular work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is essentially an hour of recording and then you know, by the time, because um, I'm not... I want to get that up fairly quickly, so I'm not passing it to our wonderful producer Joe to 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 edit. In in most cases, and I'm just it's a little bit rougher, a little bit readier than this you know slick um, sound production that that we've got here. So an hour of recording, you know, an hour of messing around, getting it up, and so you know automatically added on top of everything else, an extra two hours to my day. Unlike a lot of people, I I haven't saved myself a commute because uh, the the Bruce News office is just five minutes away. So, you know, I, I, it's been crazy. Um, is the short answer, Pete? It is. It is. And do you think? Look, one of the things I'm noticed, I think, is that when and you and I spoke about this before we decided to do the antidote, and we said, okay, there's a need for it. I think it feels uh, a need, uh, but we don't want to sort of, I guess, be flippant or be lighthearted. But have you noticed that the I guess the the mood of the meeting has changed a little bit, and we're we're allowing a little bit more. Um, and and look, I guess it's it's appropriate because yesterday was April Fool's Day, um, and I was wondering whether you know have we got to that point now, a, a week and a half in, where everyone's kind of a little bit more relaxed, and we can, you know, we can make jokes about it. Um, I don't know. I it, it, I just I just feel that things have kind of we've we've found our groove. To an extent, I, I think we're well on the way, and and that's not at any way. I don't want to downplay that for some, for a lot of people, of it, yeah. you know, yeah, shit's shit's still real, and and this thing is hurting. Um, but I think I'm talking more a general rather than the than the specific. I, I can't remember where I said this, or even if we said this offline. You know, we've been talking more than normal, so I can't actually remember where it is. But I think you know, I mentioned last week. You know, I was reading history of the Second World War and you know, particularly the, the London Blitz. And when war was declared, there was anxiety, um, which is where that Keep Calm and Carry On poster was originally created that's you know, now a, a meme. And then the Blitz actually started and bombs started falling. And the idea of the, the Blitz was it was meant to demolish people's resilience um, and... Crush morale. Crush morale. So England would Because people would then surrender. put pressure on the government to say, oh, look, is, 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 Hitler, is Hitler really that bad? Yeah, like, exactly. But, you know, and, and so there was panic, you know, on the first couple of nights. But then once 
there was a routine and there was some, you know, it, it was a horrible situation. But once there was some routine and some understanding, well, this is what we're facing and we can settle into that pattern, the, the, the morale survey showed that people were much more able to, to deal with it. And so I, I guess that's where we're starting to, we're starting to get a little bit of certainty. Yes, things are closed down. Um, yes, you know, people are hurting and there's, and there's a whole lot of financial hurt, but you know, the government's done this, I think I'm covered by this, I've got a little bit of certainty, I can you know, now speak to my landlord, I can now speak to this, but no, fundamentally, have, have a bit of a shape of how the next period is going to be. Um, so we're not constantly waking up and we're, with complete uncertainty. Um, and, and I guess that's what you're talking to, Pete, because that's, that's how I've been feeling a little bit more. There's starting to be a little bit of certainty as we wake up every day. Yeah, and... I guess off the back of that, people are saying, okay, regardless of whether it's going to be another two weeks, two months, six months, uh, are adjusting their mindset and they're retooling or they're, you know, dare I say, pivoting, they're re-gearing, looking at, okay, what can we do in our business to to keep things going? And, and I'm genuinely interested to see how, when it's all over, how much change people have um, injected into their business model, not necessarily to um, guard against something like this happening again, but just to say, you know what, you know, people working from home one day a week, um, like, does that just give you that you don't have the commute? And for some people, that, that could be up to three hours, an hour and a half either way or an hour either way. Um, do we allow people to, you know, do we find, gee, some of our staff are actually really productive if they have the Wednesday off? Uh, or, yeah, sorry, Wednesday where they work from home. I'll just be interested to see how, uh, and obviously hospitality is going to go back to being hospitality, but do we look at things differently? Um, do we appreciate some of the things? And and I particularly look at the difference between some service staff in Australia versus um, the few places I've been able to go overseas and just, just what you appreciate and what you, I guess, what you miss when you don't have it. You know, you can still get your um, your beer, your burger, your fries, you know, whatever it might be, home delivered. What are the things that we're actually missing about that experience? You're spot on in saying that there will be a change, um, but it's always hard to work out exactly what the implications will be um, because, you know, hospitality businesses, um, once we can, we're allowed to touch again and we can go outside, hopefully restaurants and businesses like that that focused on in-house dining will, will go back to that. But I do wonder that, you know, if, if this is going to leave that sort of, um, you know, emotional scar, thinking, well, do I want to be solely reliant on a venue that is dine-in, for example? And will we see some of these things that um, venues are trying to just survive, you know, home delivery things in... Uh, same as we spoke to Steve Finney on, on The Antidote yesterday. You know, they'd been thinking about, you know, maybe doing some direct-to-consumer sales, but were very mindful of their their, their regular retailers. Your retail partners, yeah. You don't want to be undercutting them or cutting their lunch or doing something in contravention of, of what, I guess, they're yeah, geared up to do. Mm. But, I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, 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 yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, whether some of these and, okay, Ready bingo players, whether some of these pivots um, stick uh, and, and whether, whether um, uh, you know, businesses keep these going and, and what that means for, you know, some of the traditional retailers, whether they have to look at their models. Um, and, and ultimately, we don't know, 
But, you know, I see the beer industry as being, you know, I describe it as being the spider's web. If you pull this corner here, you're not just pulling that one thread. You know, the, 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 the top left, pulling the top left, left thread, you know, starts having a little bit of a uh, tug on the, on the bottom right corner as well and, and, and the top left and you know, everything has to start moving and adjusting to, to fit the new reality. Yeah, and I was sort of moved to think of that because of some things that Guy Greenstone said when we spoke to him about, you know, what's it going to be like uh, on the other side? Ding. Um, do you have <laughs> – do you, do you decide, okay, let's carry less debt or let's, you know, do we need to have a bit more of a cushion? Do we need to uh, think more choicefully, dare I say, about, you know, uh, partnerships that we do or, you know, how do we, I guess, build a buffer around uh, – around our business, not because it, it might happen again, but just because do we, you know, do we, uh, I guess, refocus on on what's really important in our business. And for um, Tap House uh, Stomping Ground, that's always been their people. Um, and I just wonder whether that will sort of, you know, I, I guess, become a bit more concrete. Yeah, well, look, I, I can only speak about my own business in, in that point because, as, as we've said in the past, you know, um, Bruise News started 11-odd years ago as a bit of a as a bit of a hobby. Um, it was a, you know, what the kids would call a side hustle. My, I, I was a freelance writer. I was doing a lot of writing, so it was easy to put any content that didn't have a home on um, Bruise News and all of the media releases that I was getting um, on, on this site called Bruise News. But my, apart from writing for other publications, my significant part of my income came from my, you know, events and tastings and you know corporate hosting and and that sort of thing side that was beer mat and um, even you know right through um, the development and as James Atkinson came in, you know, Bruise News wasn't an income stream for me personally, even though I was the manager, you know, the owner of it my income came through my uh, beer mat business. And it's just been, you know, particularly in the last two years as, you know, you and I have become, you know, dare I say, a little bit more professional in the the, the podcasting. And I realised that the amount of time I had to give to make Bruise News, it, it was, d- you know, deeply embedded in the industry. It had a following and there was a responsibility um, to it and the people involved in it to make sure that it grew so I'd put more of my time into making sure that it was developing but I didn't want to keep working you know the 80 hours a week you know to to work you know um, eight till six in Brews News and then you know every Friday Saturday Sunday doing events and hosting and that sort of thing and not having a life so I'd gradually started to transition um, out of that and put more emphasis on Brews News and not subsidizing it with my time and hoping to try and get a little bit of income out of it. To, to me, you know, that was pure dumb luck that um, because my events business, the last event in my head, had in my calendar, sorry, the second last event that I had in my calendar um, was cancelled for, for, for the whole year, was cancelled yesterday. And that just leaves our annual ECA 10 days in August that, you know, I would be very surprised if it's going to go ahead. In its regular format, in, at in, least. In yeah. its regular format, but they've, they've held up that decision till June just because they do have the luxury of that little bit of extra time to so they don't have to pull the trigger yet. But, you know, I'm not factoring that in. So I've had, you know, what last year would have been my 100% of my income completely shut down um, in, in, in the last three weeks. And having the you know having having a a breadth of business um, that just having the dumb luck of having over the last six months gradually put more emphasis on 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 Bruce News 
has given me personally a little bit of a cushion, um, you know, which is just as well because I you know, have two and a half staff that you know their hundred percent of their income comes from Brews News. So, it as always, it, it you know I watch what breweries are doing and learn so much from speaking to you know people like Guy Greenstone who you know are very good business people. You know, speaking to really good marketers like Zoe, and I apply that to my own little business. And it, it, it's been fascinating to watch how this has impacted my business and it gives me a little bit of insight into how other you know how how breweries um, which have much higher overheads um, must be going through yeah and speaking of industry they're out there listening Matt and they're um, keen to hear some news Oh well, that, that was a little bit of news, you know. Like again, it's, that you know, was. I, I think that was a little bit of news, you know, um, and, and also a bit of an insight to how things run here. Because you know, I, I think sometimes because Bruce News is a presence in the industry, and such it has for such a long time that sometimes I think people think it is a much bigger organisation or a much more um, financially based organisation than, than than it is. As I said, you know, like it's, it's only been in the last um, six to 12 months so I've drawn any income from it at all. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I just thought that was might, might be an insight to, to our listeners um, who, you know, understand that, yeah, look, it, it, it's... We, we try and be very professional. It's a very professional operation with journalists doing it, but it's it's certainly not a... Uh, a, uh, a media empire in, or even a media organisation in, in, in the true sense of the word. No, but we should also point out to any of our listeners, particularly the, I guess the smaller businesses, we are still open for business. We are still here to help in terms of promoting your media releases or, you know, if you've uh, come up with something new, we're more than happy to sort of share that. Yep. And, 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 you know, and whether whether it's news or whether it's a you know advertising or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. Our first headline story is the industry responds to Asahi's sixteen billion dollar CUB acquisition. Well, take even taking a step back before that, because before the industry responds, yeah, yesterday morning at nine o'clock, on top of everything else, the ACCC decided to lob that little bit of uh, uh, news our way. Um, that they, that they... Timing, timing significant, do you think, or coincidental? Well, it was April Fool's Day, um, so, but look, no, it, it certainly wasn't. I, I, I think you know, again, businesses like the ACCC, they just doing what they're doing. Obviously, they're mindful of time, but they, they I, I think they'd set the first of April um, as the date, and you know, they're, they're so they just, were committed committed to making their announcement because they promised that they would. Yeah, so so I don't think it had anything to, to, to do with anything else. Um, it was always going to be big news. Well, also, Asahi also had to agree that it would divest three of its cider brands and two of its beer brands. So Strongbow, Bonamies and Little Green Cider, um, as well as Stella uh, and Bex, are to be offloaded by the Japanese-owned company. Who to? Who's in a position at the moment to... Um, well, like, Do you think that will go to you know a new company or... Um... Well, again, when they sell them off, because Bex... They're, they're brands that are owned by AB InBev. So I, I, I think that... So when they have to divest themselves, CUB only retained the right to brew them under licence as opposed to the ownership of it, so they won't be selling them. Um, yeah, yeah, true. And, you know, Cooper's has in the past brewed a number of... You know, like Carlsberg was brewed under licence. Um, Cronenberg, 1664. Cronenberg. I think they still do Cronenberg. Um, very possibly. Um, they do Sapporo... Is this something though, Matt, that maybe uh, like a Diageo or a uh, I don't know a, a big venture capitalist company or something might go? Eh, actually, you know what? Let's we might just look at putting in an offer on these brands, given that they're they're just a it's a distribution thing, isn't it? It's not that they're not committed to to brewing them. Um, does somebody look at you know building a portfolio and then say, well, we've got some hotels or we've got some pubs or 
wedding venues. I don't know. Well, see, see, see that's where it's interesting that um, you, you might see Lion picking up, you know, Lion, which has been a competitor of CUB when it was owned by AB InBev, is now competing with some AB InBev brands. But New Zealand is a, is a great, you know, example of some of the brands that they're competing with in the Australian market, but Lion owns, um, you know, or, or brews, you know, in, in partnership um, in New Zealand. So, uh, Lion could pick them up. Coopers could pick them up. Well, Lion had Stella Artois for quite a while and Bex. They're ping-ponged around as ownership changes. And that's that's where it's a little bit you know, situation normal. They may even just be straight imports where, you know, for example, Heineken is brewed by Lion in Australia at the moment. Um, but Heineken maintains its own presence um, under the Drinkworks. I think it's Drinkworks, which is its um, in New Zealand. So... Heineken's potentially a big enough brand in Australia that they might um, at the end of the current business. So, look, who knows? They'll still stay here. They may even go back to being import and, you know, somebody will uh, you know, handle the importing um, of them rather than brewed under licence uh, fresh in Australia. So it, it, it'll be very interesting um, to see. The interesting one is um, what will happen for Strongbow, Bonamies and Little Green Cider, which I'd believe are they actually owned by cub as opposed to brewed under license pete i'd have to admit i'm not across the cider market as as i am uh, neither am i not familiar i hadn't even uh, yeah not not familiar with little green cider at all Strongbow have yeah not not necessarily great memories of as a 18 19 year old um so yeah don't know but um, the headline, the first line, the industry has largely welcomed the decision by the ACCC this morning to approve the acquisition of Carlton and United Breweries by Asahi. Have we had any specific? Because I'm assuming that we reached out to. Yeah, well, we reached out to all of the key players. I mean, obviously, the Brewers Association. Um, we, we didn't reach out to the Brewers Association, which has a. Because I think that the, you know, they're just the industry body representing everybody. CUB had nothing to say. Um, obviously, Asahi issued a very bland statement because it hasn't actually gone through yet. I think both of those will uh, wait until they've got the the actual day that the merger goes ahead um, and then we'll sort of hear a little bit more about you know once it actually happens. Um, Sam Reed from the Cider Association, I think he saw you know it was it was a big thing for them and you know he he had act- actively campaigned around divesting themselves of cider because it's a bit of a behemoth when they would have had 60 to 70% of the cider market. Yeah. So for the um, Cider Australia, which is the small boutique cider industry Producers. body, yep. um, they had a very big stake in it. Um, we, we reached out to the IBA. I, I think you know, with everything else that's going on, they had their hands full. Um, so I haven't heard from them as yet. But again, you know, it, it was a much smaller, you know, um, thing for them to to because it's only two mainstream uh, beer brands um, and, and not a huge impact on, on, on them and their members, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Now, Matt, we mentioned that uh, yesterday was April Fool's Day. <laughs> yeah. You, and I just wasn't sure, Like, you're always kind of, oh, okay, here we go. So I'll read everything with a grain of salt kind of thing. I think mercifully, I think everyone's, you know what, it's not a time to joke. Well, we, we did have one in, in the wings ready to go um, that was we'd sort of thought about Back in the early, yeah, sort of back in the good old days um, before coronavirus, um, and you know we, we just sort of were going to change the headers on on, on the website and the uh, social media um, and issue a media release saying that we were sort of changing our name to the uh, Australian Hard Seltzer, Australian Hard Seltzer News. Um, bit lame, but we just thought we'd have a bit of fun at the. Uh, we, we talk so much about hard seltzer, but in the current climate, decided it probably wasn't. Um, 
and, and I didn't see too many. Um, Nail had had one that he'd, he'd sort of sent us, um, wanting us. And we've done some funny ones with Nail in the past. I don't know if you remember the um, magnetic fermentation. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a good one because that was like I'm not a science person, but I looked at that and going, oh, actually, oh, I'm just going to assume that the science of this is is solid and this would actually work. It was just it was a great it was John's idea. Um, it was just realistic enough that it might have been. It was basically saying that if you put magnets around your fermenting tank, it energizes the yeast to um, ferment more quickly, and you can ferment your beer in a day with no loss of of quality. Um, it was essentially. Well written to sort of actually sound realistic. A couple of little, uh, you know, uh, Easter eggs that if you really went looking, you you would clue to it. And yeah, so but then so Nail did it, um, having a ninety six uh, can ninety six can pack. And yeah, we didn't go along with that one um, yesterday just because it yeah in in, in the whole thing, um, I wasn't sure whether it would strike the right tone. Um, and then the only other one that I really saw was people sharing. Uh, that hot- yeah, that um, bottle shops were closing down, which you know, haha, stooged you, but it seemed pretty irresponsible in a climate where people are already panic buying and worrying about their supply. It just seemed a little bit. Um... Well, well, given to Matt that it's it's you know, it, it, there, there are two options. One is uh, you know the scientific community looks at the data and says, yeah, actually we have flattened the curve. We can now start to. Re, um, reduce or you know um, I guess loosen the noose um, but the other option is no nah, actually people are still disobeying the stay at home directive uh, people are still thinking it's not going to happen to me or I'm not a carrier so I'm fine uh, we're actually going to have to tighten things and the first thing to go is going to is, is actually going to be you know um, bottle shops bump you're closed so in that respect I thought it was yeah yep. perhaps a bit untimely yeah, yeah. Well, Paulie Paul, Paul, thought out. And and look, I'm you know me, Matt. If there's light to be made of something, um, I'm all for it because I uh, I've always worked on the principle. You know, my my motto, if you like, is laugh sooner, because I kind of figure that I look back at all the shit that's happened to me. Um, you know, growing up and all that sort of thing. Eventually, you laugh about it. So just laugh sooner. So I'm a big one for for saying, yeah, not make fun of or belittle, but to um. See the lighter side, I'm all for it, but I just thought, yeah, yesterday, yeah, perhaps let this one slide. Yeah, so listeners, if you saw any, can bring to our attention, but I, yeah, I just sort of really didn't see, I think everyone sort of was feeling a little bit sombre, um, which might go back to your earlier point, Pete, that, you know, maybe we're not quite ready, you know, people are recognising that we're not quite ready. And look, we've already seen, Matt, that, you know, the Funk Estate over in uh, New Zealand is already a bit in the dust. Um, I, I think that being, the, I guess, the first of hopefully not of many, but I think it's maybe made real some people's fears that, well, you know, uh, we might not shed staff, we might uh, not have a reduced menu, we might have uh, reduce our core range, we're going to have to think of all these things. We might actually not be there. Uh, yeah, again, I, I can't comment on Funkestate. I don't know the New Zealand scene well enough or, or that business um, really at all. But, you, you know, whether it's the first that's caused by... The, the, the shutdowns or whether, you know, almost business, uh, some businesses may have been, you know, limping, you know, just, just in that thing, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it going, we'll keep it going, we'll keep it going. 
and this makes the, the, the decision easier or just is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. And particularly here because we've, we've just had the economic impact of the bushfire, you know, a terrible bushfire season uh, and what that did in terms of not just to the areas affected but then the tourism industry and then the tourism industry was kind of looking at, okay, well, let's switch. Um, let's wait a bit and then go back there for Easter. Well, okay, now we can't do that now. Or instead of, you know, going overseas, let's, you know, travel you know be a tourist in your own city kind of thing or you know do something different and that's all now being put on hold so yeah oh that was the thing like yesterday again one of those decisions you know what's the timing of this and you know there's so many of those decisions that have to be made the moment i I did the last of our high country brewery trail podcast with um scott brandon and from bright brewery from bright brewery and we, we did that series of six because we figured that, well, January was when the bushfires were. Um, people have a tendency to, you know, move on um, after... It's not front page, it's not front, front of mind. It, it's not, and, and you know, I, I gave back in January, um, you know, I donated, you know, to a number of charities back in January, problem solved. Um, and we just wanted to remind, you know, the, the thinking back then was we wanted to remind people that... Just because the fires are out and businesses are back open, um, you know, this has left a big dent in their um, salary. And so that, that was where we thought, you know, around about now, we could remind people that, you know, as you're planning your Easter holidays, um, <laughs> remember those days, you know, when you're planning your Easter holidays or when you're thinking about what we're going to do this weekend, hey, maybe factor these guys, you know, head up to Beechworth, head up to um, Bright and, you know, spend with them, take an empty esky. And it, it just seems like it, it, when I came to record the intro, it just seemed like such a quaint little notion when every business in, in Australia is going through that same you know feeling at, at the moment. Again, so I didn't want to single out the, the bushfire people, but it still was. And the other thing was when we did the chats, we didn't want to have six chats about how did the bushfire affect you. We wanted to talk about aspects of their business that were evergreen, but then just sort of talk about the, 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 the business um, in, um, in the intro or the outro as a you know, this was one of the breweries that was affected. So fortunately, the the content was good anyway. And Scott talked about you know hospitality and you know looking after your staff and sustainability things that you know are, are a little bit more evergreen. But yeah, it was it was a really hard decision. Well, do we just pause this for the moment? But because we don't want to be making them the focus when all businesses are hurting. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And and look significantly, uh, where yesterday you saw the launch of Altogether Beer which is a way of helping out uh, particularly, you know, specifically hospitality people um, in providing meals for them. And it's kind of overshadowed, well, hang on, you know, geez, 10 minutes ago, we were about to launch the Resilience Beer. Uh, and what I mean by that, Matt, is that, you know, how quickly things change and we're on to a, a different set of priorities um, and we're, you know, having to manage a, a completely different situation. We are, yeah. Which leads nicely into our next story, Matt, because for a lot of people who haven't been used to online sales or deliveries and that sort of thing, it's probably sort of, okay, so what do we need? We need somebody to drive the car, we need a car, and we need you know, some way of, of taking the order. <laughs> Job's done, simple. Not so much. Um, probably a good chance for us to, to go through some, um, I guess, best practice rules just for people to uh, who haven't been in this caper before to make them aware of the, the sorts of things that you do need to be um, cognizant of because, at, at, you know, at the end of the day, yes, some of the um, the rules of engagement are off, but the laws still apply. Yeah, and, and I guess this is a little bit like um, 
we, we cover ABAC um, for better or for worse, and you know sometimes we get a little bit of um, criticism for covering it, and you know, ABAC cops criticism because people don't agree with their decision. But the, the feedback that we've had from a lot of the, 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 the smaller brewers, particularly those that have, haven't worked in the alcohol industry before, um, was that they weren't aware of the ABAC system and that there were rules around what you could put on your packaging and what you could put on your social media and those sorts of things. And so with so many breweries getting into online sales for the first time or online deliveries, a lot of them may not be aware that there is a body like the Independent Brewers Association or like the um, you know, Brewers Association for the retail trade and they've got a set of guidelines that they expect their members to adhere to and so yeah we just thought we would sort of cross-pollinate and share um, those guidelines because some of them might surprise brewers that you know there is a ban on same day or express unattended alcohol deliveries um, and they're not uh, same day or express unattended alcohol delivery is not permitted under any circumstances. Um, so yeah, so you can't you can't take an order for a, a slab or two of, of beer and then say, look, I'm uh, I'm not I'm not going to be home. Just leave it but at the front door. Yeah, yeah just yeah, a permission to leave it at the front door. Uh, you can't do that if it's a. Now I think I don't think that applies to. And I'll use as an example the Bridge Road Brewers Posse Pack because that's a, a, a like a subscription. So you there are four going to arrive. Every th- you know one every three months. Uh, now I know from from my experience that they are left unattended. Um, so I don't know whether that's a little bit different. I, I think this is specifically the um, you know order on the same day for that for that delivery. And looking at the dot points, non same day unattended alcohol deliveries are permitted. However, retailers are required to request specific unattended delivery instructions from a customer at the time of purchase, and these instructions must be passed on to any third party couriers. I would imagine that would cover that. And then you know, anybody accepting or receiving the purchase is required to provide sufficient identification documents upon de- accepting a delivery if they appear to look under the age of 25. And if you've ever walked into a bottle shop and seen the no ifs or buts if you look under 25, will ask you to, to my logic is you know a good way of doing it because you know when I was um, 18 you know, so actually when we were 17 we would uh, look amongst <laughs> our mates and see you know oh, mate you look the oldest you, who's going to get away with it yeah, yeah. You, you actually need to shave um, and you know at 17 it's a lot harder to look 25 and if you're just asking everybody under the age of 25 for ID, um, you know, it, it, it's it, it's it's a good policy to have. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. So so anyway. Um, so that, that, if you are in that situation, and maybe you're not completely across some of those uh, guidelines, again, they're not mandatory. They're industry um, guidelines, but they're industry guidelines that are developed to prevent the need for mandatory guidelines that may not necessarily take into account you know, business practicalities as well as responsibility and they may go too far on the um, you know, punitive side. Um, and uh, actually just to, um, on, on that, Pete, because last week we saw we were talking about Western Australia bringing in purchasing guidelines um, and we were sort of talking about the, the balancing of responsibility versus you know, if, if they're too low, you're encouraging people to shop more. You know, I wouldn't have thought buying a carton of beer Hopefully, a carton of beer um, when it's you know, lockdowns and we're not having parties is is enough for a household um, for a couple of days. But um, each each to their own. But we we saw this week the retail association come out with guidelines for their members that were were, were much much more generous than what the WA 
guidelines were. And I, I did wonder when I saw that, you know, was this a case of the liquor retailing industry going, ooh, we'd better have some guidelines that we can point to, otherwise we might have to suffer these guidelines that, you know, will hurt our business. Can't, I, I wasn't in the room, I don't know, but, you know, it, it did have a little bit of an appearance of that. So, um, and it's another reason why the industry should be a good corporate citizen. That's it. Now, more than ever, Matt, it's all about the optics. We, we, don't, want, we don't want to put anyone offside. Now, another important point, Matt, to remember, um, attended deliveries are allowed to occur on the same day as the order, but they're only permitted if the purchaser is an adult over the age of 18 who is not intoxicated and is in, and is present to receive the delivery. Now, this is, a, a, I guess, for me, a tricky one at the moment because um, I know we've uh, ordered more online stuff than uh, than we would normally would, the, than we normally would. And the, you know, our regular guy, he's great. He, he'll put it on the, on the doorstep, ring the bell, call out. Um, he takes a couple of steps back, make sure that we take it in. And then, you know, we say exchange our pleasantries and off we go. Um, so it, it it can be a little bit difficult for, you know, when, when people are in isolation and, and staying, you know, indoors and, and being wary of, of physical distancing, that um, you still need to make sure that they're not intoxicated. Um, maybe you have to ask them to remove their mask or I don't know. Another point, Matt, retailers must ensure that age identification goes beyond the manual date of birth entry. So this is where if, if on your online store, you know, the first page is that gatekeeper thing where are you over 18 tick yes or no you can't say oh well, they ticked that so they were over 18 you still need to get age identification upon delivery and remembering that that might be through a third party so you've got to make sure that that's that box is ticked yeah and, and, and that i mean all of that goes back to uh, just a couple of weeks ago fair did their fairly um dodgy you know it, it, it wasn't robust um research uh procedure they just did an audit of online purchasing just by looking at the online uh, purchasing procedures for, for, for retailers and were highly critical and got a lot of airplay um, over it. So it, th- these things are very important for, for, for brewers to be aware of. Y- yes, it is an emergency. Yes, you're responding very, very quickly, um, but also be mindful of that so you, know, you can sort of bring it into your um, practice. And Pete, just, just as a sort of side note to all of that, one of the, the some of the data sets that came out during the week was the Commonwealth Bank. Um, obviously, they have a lot of financial data that they can glean from our credit card usage, and they had some data around the change in spending on cards in the week ended twenty March twenty twenty from a year ago, um, and food purchases were up forty nine percent, as we also have stocked up on pasta. Um, actually, food of food, forty-nine um, percent, but food goods, mostly grocery stores and supermarkets, was up seventy-four percent on the same week uh, last year. So, when retailers are saying, you know, it's a second Christmas, you can believe that, and you can also understand why shares um, shelves are a little bit bare. Alcohol generally is up twenty percent. Um, alcohol goods from bottle shops is up thirty-six percent. At least when this data, which was, I'll remind everyone, the twentieth of March, um, alcohol in pubs, hotels, etc., was already down six percent then, and would have dropped significantly since then, as um, all of the shutdowns have uh, completely come in. Yeah, and another interesting one, Matt, that uh, and it was, it's not lockdown related, but it was uh, some data that came out that really shocked me. Uh, a because of the uh, the numbers, but also the method of um, detection, which is the um, uh, Melbourne's Water Authority 
they test yeah test the effluent and they can they could tell you know that um, ice and methamphetamine levels were up really okay um, yeah <laughs> yeah like, and they could give they could give based on the on the um, uh, saturation level or whatever um, in the effluent of, of of certain drugs that were identified they could you know basically put a dollar figure on you know how many billions of dollars we're spending on putting this shit into ourselves um, but then I wondered, well, I wonder if you could, you know, change the, the parameters and sort of find out, you know, lager or milkshake IPA. What, what really <laughs> what, what really is more popular? I, yeah, well, I, I don't know, but that's fascinating. That, 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 that's um, really quite interesting. So, uh, you know. I'll... And, and I assume that all other state bodies, um, water authorities have the ability to, you know, to do that. Because presumably they do test it because they, you know, uh, want to see what it is before it goes through. And then so that I guess they, they, they can test the once it's treated, um, what still remains and, and all that sort of thing. So I guess, yeah, logically, it's a, something I guess they've been doing for a while. But I, I was surprised at how, uh, and I don't know what other substances uh, stay, you know, or are, are detectable. I guess it depends on the um, on the testing procedure. But yeah, I just thought that would that might be an interesting one for um, for our listeners to think about. I'm just yeah, actually, I'm just sort of looking at uh, just while you were speaking, I've just been googling to see if I can find any more uh, about that because that, that, that's well, we fascinating. Might, our friends at SEQ Water might um, or Veolia, um, who well, have we been involved be with. Through both the ECA and through the Queensland Beer Awards, uh, I wonder if they'd be able to put us onto someone who um, who could give us some information around that. Well, I'm just looking at um, DutchWaterSector.com, uh, looking at Netherlands <laughs> water. So uh, yeah, it was the first oh, one that came that. up. Microbiologists at Research Institute KWI conducted a series of RNA analysis at municipal water waste treatment plants. Uh, the analysis showed the presence of RNA gene fragments of the COVID-19 in incoming sewage water. So they're able to uh, look at even oh, get, get a sense of how it's spreading or what, what the take-up of that is. Can't find anything about drugs, unfortunately. So Maybe they just take that as red. Uh, the study to determine the presence of cocaine and party drugs. but it, yeah, So I'm just uh, very, very quickly uh, skimming that. All right, well, while we do that, we probably need to start wanting up and we'll dive into going. the yeah, mailbag. It's taking a little bit longer. Sorry, um, I had a couple of other stories Um and going a little bit deeper because we weren't sure whether we had many stories because we've covered a lot of them on our um, regular programming. That's right, the antidote for those who don't know. Quick quick little plug. At 5 o'clock uh, Eastern Daylight Savings Time each afternoon, Matt and I spend about 40 minutes chatting with uh, a couple of people from the industry to avoid the gloom and doom or well, not to ignore it but to, um, I guess, shine a light on what people are doing that might uh, – help their business uh, during this time, but also um, with a bit of forward planning. And we hope that that uh, engages with you know, some of the other people in the industry who are thinking, well, I just don't know what to do, um, giving them some some tips and, and hints. And look, fair to say, it's been very well received. It, so it has. And I was going to say, and it's consciously less waffle, whereas this is us, you and I, talking, batting ideas back and forward. So this, so this is the, the Matt and Pete show, talking about the news, whereas the um, antidote is much more, you know, us giving the guests over, you know, asking them questions and prompting them. But, you know, there's a lot less of this um, banter. Yeah, but we do realise, we, we, we have chatted and we do realise that it's important to keep up our regular programming to, as I say, create that, that sense of, there is some normality in my life. Not everything is it, my my world is not completely turned upside down. There are there are some things that are the are still the same. 
Um, one of the other things that's still the same, Matt, is the phone number for Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging, which is 1300 852 235. The guys at, at Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging would like to let all breweries know they're still open for business. They can still supply labels for bottles and cans or shrink sleeve cans ready to fill. The turnaround times might have slowed a bit from the normal five to seven working days, but they're very good at getting people out of trouble wherever possible. So let's work through this together. Give them a call, 1300 852 235. Uh, the other great supporter of ours, of course, is Beer Cartel. And uh, speaking of pivoting, we're pivoting in uh, conjunction with our good friends at Beer Cartel to provide a, a six-pack to not the letter of the week, but to the reviewer of the week, which is just our, our little way of incentivizing our, uh, our listeners to sort of say, apparently, you know, the algorithm, the whole, you know, the evil empire that is Facebook and iTunes and or if they even still exist and Apple and all that sort of stuff, we've got to play the game. So if we get reviews and that sort of thing, uh, we will do our best to keep our content fresh and exciting and new and different and unusual. And uh, sorry, I've been watching Kath and Kim with the girls. Um, and so if you review us, then uh, we'll pop you in the draw to win the six pack. Because it really does help. It really does help. Shane DeSpritzer. Um her regular, this is through the Facebook group, uh, left a comment, pubs and bars being allowed takeaway sales will help keep them going and help the breweries keep going. Bottle shops may suffer a bit in the short term, but if the breweries close, their business model suffers. It's a fine balancing act, I guess. And that's that, I guess, the double-edged sword that we've um, we've been talking about. It, it, it is, and that, that's one of the reasons why we um, dug out that credit card data because I think, I'm, I'm hoping, um, I'm projecting, and we won't know until afterwards. But with the big bump in alcohol spending you know through bottle shops and things like that hopefully you know the pie has grown so even though brewers are competing for a little bit of that pie bottle shops aren't hurting and breweries are benefiting yeah yeah exactly now matt we do have a couple of podcast reviews uh one a five star great podcast and that's from ml rpr Long-time listener, time to give you some love. Oh, thank you for that. Um, and another five-star from Trev Wash here. I don't know. I wonder if that's – is it like a washing hands thing? Trev, uh, oh, oh, Trev, Trev was, was here. here. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I've taken the H and the S. Put them together. Uh, consistently great content. Uh, not just one of the best craft beer podcasts, but one of the best podcasts, especially liking the daily release at the moment during this period of self-isolation. Thanks very much for that, Trev was here. Thank you we, very much. Yeah, we, we, we'd right. like to think that we're – uh, getting along and speaking of you know well, and, and just in terms of choosing the winner of the um, six pack um, I was going to give it to MLRPR um, long time listener time to give you some love so if you're listening to this please email us at producer at bruisenews.com.au um, and it's not that Trev was here um, we don't appreciate you um, but you know, I, I don't want to be seen to be re rewarding the ass kisses, but if Trev was here, uh, <laughs> if, Trev, if Trev was here, whoever left the consistently great content wants to shoot us an email as well. I'm sure we can find something out. Uh, yeah, maybe a T-shirt or something like that for you and the prize well. Yeah. Well, particularly since, uh, and I'm going to assume Trev is a heat, but uh, he mentioned uh, not just one of the best beer podcasts, but one of the best podcasts. And that's true because uh, number two, I believe, this week, Matt. Uh, no, no, uh, I think we're number six or seven on the Apple on the <sighs> Apple podcasts for in food. Um, we've we've got up to number two. James Atkinson still got to number one, so we need we we haven't quite reached those lofty heights yet. Yep. But it's but we're working on it. Yeah, but but it's it's not just downloads. It's the number of people who are engaged in the content, and that is um, measured by things like uh, leaving us a review or a rating. So uh, that, that's what we'd really love to uh, to have you guys do that. 
Too easy. Uh, on that note, Matt, anything else from you? Otherwise, I'm going to let these guys go because I'm aware that um, you know, they might be they might be on the treadmill out. at home. Yep. Rather than you know outside doing their their regular walk, so well, I, they, I, I, they I, may I, be relying on us. To I didn't want to be too to short because we get emails if you know if if people have timed their exercise routine or their commute or their their activity around knowing that we're normally a certain time, and then suddenly we cut off at half an hour. Um, you know, it, it leaves them a little bit unsatisfied or unfulfilled. So. Um, True, but I'm, I'm also very conscious of the fact that uh, they might be uh, consuming more content and so they don't want to sort of, oh, I don't want to waste time on Bruce News, it's too long, you know, because I'm, I want to get onto my uh, how to crochet a, a face mask or, you know, <laughs> some other instructional uh, podcast that might be out there. So anyway, on that note, thank you very much again to our very good supporters in Cryo Malt, Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging, and to Beer Cartel, and of course to you. Thanks for listening. Hope it's all going well for you. Matt, thanks very much for your time again. Thank you, Pete. And uh, having just finished a coffee as we record this in the morning, I uh, look forward to oh, seeing this you this sucks. afternoon. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm going to have an AFD. It, it was today, hard so. to go back to a um, yeah to coffee after you know the last couple of days doing the, um, the afternoon show. The antidote. We've been able to have a, a sneaky beer. Oh, sorry, a well-earned at the end of the day beer. But anyway, more on that uh, this afternoon. So, yeah, 5 o'clock if you want to join us in the chat room. Uh, we'll be speaking to – we're touch base with Tassie today with um, Chris Lukianenko, who's a listener of the program and uh, goes under the name of The Beer Healer. You might have listened to his podcasts. And uh, Dave McGill from Moobrew. So we'll get a bit of a, a feel for what it's like down there and some of the initiatives that they're implementing to – help their brewers and suppliers and retailers and partners through this very difficult time. But uh, thank you all to you for listening. Hope the isolation's going well for you. Hope you're all coping. For those who are still working, well done. Keep it up. Um, we're all in this together and we will come through the other side. Ding, ding. Yeah, band words, bingo. Um, nearly got the full set. Thanks very much, Matt. Thank you, Pete. Play that uh, music, Joe. And we're out. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. 